You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Eddie Tilly. So good to be with you guys this morning. Worship good or what? Good to be in here having worship this morning. I hope everybody online, you're experiencing that same sense of just God's presence and excitement and enthusiasm that we are here in the room. We're in this series called Level Up, and we we talked a couple of weeks ago. Our senior pastor, Mike Lewis, gave a message talking about transitions, and in that transition message, he announced to us that we are in the final season, the final year of making the transition from the generation that he is a part of, being senior pastor, to the next generation of leaders. So this is opening up a whole new level of leadership for he and Miss Dean as our founding pastors. And it's opening up a whole new level of leadership for those that have been serving under them for so many years. And we talk about how that is just a chain reaction. As you call people up, the people that call up and step into that place, it pulls others up with you. And so we talked last week about how can we position ourselves in a way that we get the most out of this transition because the truth is the way God operates is so amazing because he does things corporately for us as a church so the whole church is going through this transition time but then God is so into the details and he knows you so intimately that he's also involved in your personal life. So this isn't just about what we're going through corporately is what does this look like for the whole church. It really is What does it look like for you personally and as an individual? And so last week, we looked at a couple of stories to kind of help us figure out, okay, what does that transition look like? How do you handle transitions? And one of the biggest ones that we looked at was the transition from Moses to Joshua that we find in the Old Testament. That is a monstrous transition because now all of a sudden Joshua, as a very young leader, is being handed the mantle to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And we know from the scriptures that we read that that was intimidating to him. We know from what we read that it was kind of, it was scary for him because the Lord kept telling him, only be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And then he reinforced and said, look, do not be afraid. And he was doing that because he was speaking to what he could see in Joshua's heart. This whole thing of, man, I know it's you, God. I know you're calling me to step out and step forward, but that looks so big. And I'm just not sure that I can do that. And that's always the way that God operates in our life. He's always calling us into these places that when we look at them through our natural eye, we're not sure that we have what it takes to do that. And that's where he wants us because he wants us in a place where we understand you're exactly right. You can't build the kind of family that you want. I can build a family even bigger and better than you could imagine. It's going to be hard for you to be the dad that you've always wanted to be by yourself. But if you invite me into the process, now I can help you become the dad you've always wanted to be. In all these different areas of our life, God is intimately involved with us. So what I want to do this week is I want to kind of refresh us on what we talked about last week and and add some to it because last week what we found out in that transition from Moses to Joshua is God gave Joshua two things. He said, these are the two crucial elements that you're going to have to do. I cannot do this for you. So on your side, there is a responsibility that you're going to have in this transition time, because transition times are vulnerable. That is a vulnerable place. It's a vulnerable place for us individually. It's a vulnerable place for us corporately as a church. And so in the same way, 
that God gave those instructions to Joshua, their instructions to us. And those were two things. One is you've got to get this word in you. You've got to live in my word. So know my word, live in it, read it, read it to each other, talk about it with each other, discuss it, hash it over, get this word in you. This word is truth. And then the other thing he said was obey your leaders. And there's a reason he gave us those two specific things, God's word and following God's leaders, because the enemy that you and I have always comes anytime there's an opportunity. And when you have a transition, that's always an opportunity, whether it's for you personally or for us corporately, where the enemy will try to come in and do two things, and that is deceive, create deception, and create dissension. So he tries to deceive you around the true path that he's called you to. The enemy will always come in and try to offer you a counterfeit to what God is calling you to do. And, and the enemy is one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he doesn't always do that like a bull in a china shop. A lot of times he has a lot of finesse about it. A lot of times he will present something to you that looks an awful lot like what you feel like God's calling you to. But you need to have that ability to discern, is this God? Because just because it looks good doesn't mean that it's God. All good and perfect things come from God, but the enemy can always present something to you as well that looks good and looks perfect. And then the other side is, is the dissension, is to create division within the church because that is always meant to separate, to isolate, to divide, to get you sideways with leadership or to get you not totally agreeing. So maybe you think you know a better way than the leadership or maybe something happens between you and a leader and you take it the wrong way or they said it the wrong way. Whatever it is, the enemy's always trying to create division. That's always his plan because he knows when he does that, it makes you weaker. And his, and his goal is always to sort of move in between you and the church. When I say church, I'm talking about us as a group of believers. He always wants to move in between you and the other believers and just start to edge you out. I remember one of the most fascinating things I ever saw as a young 12-year-old boy. Um, a guy that I grew up with was from Idaho, and he took me out to Idaho for three weeks. And I got to live on a ranch out there, and this guy who had a huge cattle ranch had a horse. And that horse's job was, you know, when it came time to, like, brand the calves and do all this different things, or if they just needed to go out and have the veterinarian check out one of the, cow, uh, one of the cows, this horse, he could get on the back of this horse, head towards that herd of cow, and he would literally point that horse's head at the cow that he wanted, and without any further direction, that horse would charge in the middle of that herd, get between that cow and the others, and then just lean on it and force it out. Because once he got it forced out, now this guy, he could rope it, he could get it tied up, and of course, you know, the others just go away. So the enemy's plot and plan for you and I is always to push us out. He's always working at that. He never stops at that. So we have to be on guard for that. So I want to take a look at how does, how, what does that look like in terms of God's Word and how, and how we get that happening in our lives. And then the other transition we looked at was Jesus giving us the transition of the church. Jesus came and gave his life for us, and he did that because there was a mission for you and I. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But I'm going to read one scripture that comes from Romans chapter 12. We're going to see a lot of scripture this morning. It's all going to be on the screen for you, the references, so you can write it down. But this is Romans 12 too, and this is Paul. And he's talking to people who now have become believers. They weren't believers. Now they are believers. And he says this in verse 2. He says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So Paul in this verse is saying, if you want to know the will of God for your life, if you want to be able to, to test and approve what it is, there's this renewing of your mind thing that needs to happen. And the way that happens is through the Word of God. And so I want to take a moment with you and scripturally build what that looks like. Because I, I don't know about you, but for me, I love a visual. A visual picture helps me a lot. And our English language is kind of, you know, it's not real flowery. And, and it's nothing like the Hebrew language. In the Hebrew language, every single letter has a picture associated with it. So when you spell a word in Hebrew, you are spelling it with the letters, but you are literally creating a picture in the mind of the person who understands that language. And so I want us to kind of do that this morning. So we're going to take these verses from the Bible, and we're going to take this whole renewing of your mind process that Romans 12 talks about, and we're going to add a lot more scripture to it so that we build a picture of what does that really look like? How do we begin the process of renewing our mind. And so one of the things that we talked about, we talked about last week and started, is body, soul, and spirit. This is a huge foundational piece of cathedral. The longer you're here, the more you're going to see it. If you've been here for a long time, you've seen it many, many times. And the reason it's so crucial is this was a huge part of our senior pastor, Mike Lewis's, understanding of how we function. He grew up in two different churches. He grew up as a little boy in the Southern Baptist Church. And in that Southern Baptist Church, he learned the importance of the Word of God, that you've got to know the Word, get the Word in you, stand on the Word of God. That is the most important thing is to have that Word of God in you. And then he went to a Pentecostal Holiness Church. That's two extremes. And in the Pentecostal Holiness Church, he learned, man, the Spirit of God is still alive and moving today just like he was in the days of the Bible. The Spirit hasn't stopped moving. The healing power of the Spirit of God, the miraculous power of the Spirit of God, the things in the Spirit that happened to the men and women in the Bible are still happening today. But then there was one common denominator between both of those churches that just messed him up. And that was they were just mean. They were just mean. I mean, they would turn somebody away from the door in a heartbeat. Now, this is, you know, this has been a year or two ago, but it kind of messed with him because his understanding of a loving heavenly father and his understanding of Christ coming and dying on the cross to get people in, to bring people into the church, that's what God wanted. And yet here were the very people who were representing God and turning you away because of how long your hair was or the way that you dressed or the makeup that you did or did not have on. And that just messed with him to the point where he walked away from the church for a while as a young man. And then this teaching was part of the key to helping him come back because it was in this teaching that he learned, okay, so somebody can be saved, be a believer, have Jesus in their heart, and yet be crazy as an orangutan. So that really helped him, and, and that kind of helped put him in compartments for him now, to not only for himself, but now he has passed that down through to all of us. So we talked about that last week, the fact that we are a spirit, and we have a soul, and we live in a body. And the great news we talked about is we're going to get rid of the body. We'll get rid of the body, boom, body goes away, because that body's just for the here and now. It's just for our life here on earth. We get a new body when we leave this earth. And y'all remember I talked about that last week, that there was one glorious thing about this new body because, you know, Jesus, he died, he was dead for three days, and God raised him back to life. So he resurrected, and for between 30 and 40 days, he was walking on this earth in a resurrected body. 
He was with the disciples. He was with other people. He taught them. He met with them. And you know what else he did with them? He ate. Amen, glory sister. Yes. In that new body, we get to eat. We're not counting calories. We're not looking at fat grams. Bo, we can eat bacon. And we ain't got to worry about our heart because we got a glorified body. Yes. So, so, so the body is kind of a new part. So that's just kind of having some fun with it. But this is crucial, really. And it was crucial for me growing up in this church because I'd never had any church background. So it helped me to know, okay, so my soul, that is my, my mind and my will and my emotions. So super simple. It's what I think and what I feel. That helped me out a lot because it helped me understand that, you know, for the first 25 years of my life, that's how I lived my life, out of what I thought and what I felt, because that's all I had. Because according to the Bible, until you are willing to put your faith and trust in Christ and, and say that, yes, I believe that Jesus was the Son of God and that he died for me, until you're willing to ask him to come into your heart, which the Bible says he's always knocking on the door of your heart, always. You know, God is, not, God is not a God that sits back and waits. He's a God that is always knocking on the door of your heart. It says the moment you open up that door to your heart, he comes in. And when he does, your spirit comes alive for the first time. And now all of a sudden you have this supernatural connection to God that you didn't have before. So that was my story. I came to cathedral immediately after getting saved within a week. And so I had this soul that was all jacked up. But then I had this spirit that was just super excited, full of life, full of Jesus. But what I didn't understand was now i got to kind of learn a new way to live because my soul still wanted to tell me exactly what to think and exactly what to do. But then I started learning about this process in all my years here. So I want to build this picture for you because the first and most crucial piece of it is understanding the role that the Word of God plays. Because according to Hebrews, this word that you, and I, that you and I read that God has passed down to us is alive and living. And it says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And, and God says what it does is it goes in and it divides between soul and spirit. Why is that important? Because you and I, as we're trying to figure out how to make sense of life and get through life, we need something that kind of filters. I think of it like a filter or think of it like probiotics. The Word of God is like probiotics, right? Those are good for you because you need those just for good gut health and your digestive system and all that and your immune system are just very healthy when you have good probiotics. The Word of God is the same way. It is a living Word that gets in you. And you need that because in our soul, the way our soul operates is, you know, there is a way that seems right to us in our soul, but in the end it leads to death. That's what Proverbs 14 says. So in other words, there's a way that seems right to us according to the way we think and the way we feel. And that's not just a death like in the grave death. Obviously, that is the ultimate. But it is, it is an empty life. It's life for me before I came to put my faith in Christ was just empty. So I did a lot of things to try to fill that emptiness. And of course, none of it works and none of it ever will work. It's only God that can fill that place in you. And when we do that, when we open up and accept Christ, now God says, hey, as you start learning my ways, as you start figuring out what my word says about you and, and the truth of who you really are, now you get this joy and peace and hope. And, and these are things that are supernatural. They're not tied to life events or situations or circumstances. So you're not happy because you got a pay raise and you don't feel secure because you got that new title or position. It's not like that. Hope and joy and peace that God gives us are supernatural. And it's something that goes beyond your situation, your circumstances, to where even when you're in the middle of great sorrow, 
Today, this afternoon at 2 o'clock, we will have visitation for Mr. Bill Ammons, Pastor Dave's father who passed away this past week. And then at 3 o'clock, we'll have a funeral to celebrate the phenomenal life that he lived as a follower of Christ. And in that is tremendous sorrow and tremendous pain. But there's also joy and peace and there's hope because of our understanding of what has happened to Bill of our understanding that Bill has not died. Our reality here is he is no longer here, but according to God's word, he did not die because Jesus says those who put their faith and trust in me will never die. uh, Bill simply closed his eyes here one day and immediately opened his eyes in heaven. It was in the presence of God where he is now. And so the reality for Bill is he's experiencing God like you and I can't even possibly imagine. And in that, there's joy and there's peace and there's hope. But at the same time, God says, I will give you my Holy Spirit because I understand how hard it's going to be. I understand you still have to walk one day at a time. And your life here on this earth is different. It is altered. There is a loss. And you do need me to walk with you and lead you and guide you through that. And that's what he does. So over and over again, we see in God's word in Proverbs, it puts it this way. It says, look, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. This Psalms 119.105 says, your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So this is what I love about God's word. We're going from Old Testament, New Testament. It all fits together. It's all painting the same picture. And the picture is for you and I that there's this flow that happens in between our spirit and our soul because our soul is not bad. The soul is not a bad thing. God created your soul. Your soul is what gives you those incredible experiences where you're in worship and all of a sudden you start crying and and you're not really sure why you're crying, but it really is the presence of God that's causing those tears to flow. And He designed you that way. He designed your soul so that these incredible emotional experiences that you have are wonderful. They really are. And he wants you to experience that and have a way to express it. So the soul is not bad. But there are things that happen to us in our soul that damage us. There are wrong messages that we get. Again, for me, it was 25 years. So 25 years of doing things my way. But then you interpret things. You interpret what people say or do to you. And then you interpret what you say or do to others. And all these things can get mixed up in our soul. But God says, my word, if you get this word in you, if you live it as you begin to put it into practice, and it isn't just reading the Bible. Obviously, that's a part of it. But another part of it is what you hear when you're in church on Sunday. Another part of it is going and finding a small group of like-minded people so that, yes, you're talking about the Word, but now you're putting it in absolute real-life applications. This is what's going on in my life right now. And sometimes we all need that encouragement. We all need that safe place, that sounding board where we can go and talk about our struggles in life that are very real, but yet have godly people speaking into those situations and those circumstances. And God has lined it up that way. And then what God says is, if you live your life this way with this whole big picture, it is a blessed life. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 paints this picture that when you live your life this way, as you start yielding to 
This Holy Spirit in you, revealing the Word of God to you, speaking to your heart sometimes in a moment of worship or in a situation or circumstance, maybe somebody else speaks to you and you just know, yes, they said that, but that was the Spirit of God speaking to my heart. As you do that, the picture that Psalm 1 paints is this picture of a tree. It's a tree planted by a stream of living water. And it says that tree is not affected by the things of this world. So there can be a season of drought and that tree is going to stand strong. There can be a season of flooding and that tree is going to stand strong. There can be just an incredible hurricane storm of epic proportions. And that tree will not be moved because there's something supernatural happening on the inside. The Spirit of God is there and He's working and, and year after year you're, you're submitting to it and you're yielding to it and God is doing something in you and you're becoming stronger and stronger. And then Paul calls it walking in the Spirit. And he describes it this way in Galatians chapter 5. He said, at the end of the day, this is what's really going on. And, this, and he says it this way, this is going to be your battle for your entire life here on earth. For your entire life here on earth in this fallen state of being that we're all in because none of us are perfect. Nobody in this room walks 100% in the Spirit. Nobody. Nobody. We all have moments of weakness. You know, that's, that's what the Word of God is for, right? And so what Paul says, he says, look, your soul, he calls your flesh, always desires what's contrary to your spirit. And your spirit is always desiring what's contrary to your flesh and he said the two are always opposed to each other so that you're not free from that battle. So what was the point? Was he saying, well, you just got to give into it? No, what he was saying is you got to learn to recognize it. And again, use the word of God. It's kind of like this. You're working, you're at work, and you've got that one person <laughs> that just for whatever reason does not like you. And it makes it very clear that they do not like you. And you, in response to that, says, you know what? You're making life hard for me. Two can play that game. You make life hard for me, I'm going to make life hard for you. But then you're like, oh, wait a minute, we talked about that whole walking in the Spirit. Thing. Right, well, you know what, let me go to the Word of God and see what it says. I'm pretty sure it says eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. So let, me, let me get in there. <laughs> and then you get in there and you just mistakenly daggum it without thinking about it. You opened up the New Testament after Jesus came. And Jesus says... Look, you know, I, I know when somebody treats you that way that you feel like you're justified in treating them the same way back, retaliating against them. I know that when they don't like you, then your gut reaction is to not like them. But, but I'm asking you to love them. Oh, okay, I don't know. And I'm asking you to pray for them. Okay, hang on, hang on. One thing at a time, okay? Like love and pray, like both of those. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask you to love them. I'm going to ask you to to pray for them. And whenever they're really bad, okay, here we go. Whenever they're really, really bad, yeah, I need you to be really, really good in response. Ah, come on. Are you kidding? I can't do that. You're right. You can't, but this, my Holy Spirit in you can. And I can give you this, the strength to do it. Now, you can come to me in private and say, God, do something in that person. I mean, you know, oh, you know, that's okay. We can have that conversation in private, but when you're around them, See, the problem is that's just kind of the way they are and they don't know any better. But if you respond to them the same way that Bill and Jane and Debbie, who don't know me, if you're responding the same way that they are, then they don't see any difference. There's, there's, to them, there's no difference in you and them, and yet you go to church every Sunday and talk about how awesome your church is. 
and yet you're reacting and acting the same way they are. So I'm having a hard time putting that together. And that's really what goes on. That's what kept me out of church for 25 years. I thought, you people are crazy. <laughs> and I, I don't need that. I'll do life my own way. But the truth is we all need help with that, right? It doesn't mean that 100% of the time you're going to respond in the right way. It doesn't mean to 100% of the time you're going to pray for in the way you know you need to. But it does mean that you're going to begin to say, okay, God, I, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it your way. I'm going to try not to have that knee-jerk reaction. I'm going to try not to just immediately respond out of what I think and feel I should do. I'm going to give it some time. I think for a lot of us, one of the greatest, biggest steps we can do in learning to live life this way is just slowing down and not making decisions so quickly and so rapidly. And then not only that, but inviting others, like-minded people, mind you, other people who have a relationship with God, who have a growing true relationship with God, asking for their opinions, not asking them what you need to do. Just explain the situation and say, what, you know, what do you think? Would you weigh into this? Safe people. That's part of this whole idea of, of learning how to walk in the Spirit, of learning how to have that blessed life. So what I thought would be a good idea for us to do this morning, y'all have heard me talk about this, but I wanted to have some folks come up, a little panel, and give some personal testimony as to what they've experienced at different transitions in their life and what that's looked like. But before we do, we've got this video. I'd love for you that just sets it up perfectly. So watch this. Hi, I'm Keith Brace, and I'm a longtime member here at Cathedral. I'm a part of our growth track ministry, and I'm also a part of VOC, the Voices of Cathedral. I was in what I would call a transition year. You know, I had uh, just peaked 50 years old just a couple years ago. And I had just emptied my nest. My wife and I uh, had both of our children graduate from college and, and move on into their own careers. And believe it or not, both of them within five months of each other decided to get married as well. So our family grew and yet uh, they, they all went out on their own and are doing their own thing. So that was a tough transition. And I also hit uh, the 10 year mark of my job at the Citadel. And it started to feel a little bit stale. You know, I'm not getting any younger and I'm hanging out with 19 to 22 year old kids and it's, it's tough. And you know, it's, it's physically demanding and the hours are long. And you know, quite honestly, I probably started feeling a little bit sorry for myself. I let the enemy get his foot in the door, you know, and I started, I started thinking about worldly things that somehow I felt like I had earned or deserve, you know, the wealth, the, the uh, prestige, the easy living, you know, the, the easy job with the big paycheck, those kind of things. And I started pursuing jobs. I started putting resumes out there. I started talking to people about different careers and found some really cool stuff out there that got my attention that uh, was interesting. It included good pay, travel, uh, something new, a challenge, all the things that I got excited about. And I was to that point where I was thinking so seriously about making this change that I started to struggle with it because I loved the job I'm in. I, I didn't think there was another job out there for me. This was like handmade for me. It was the perfect job. And I'm thinking about leaving it and I was torn. Well, it, it turned out that God had the answer for me. And uh, I came in here one Sunday, it was November 14th and just worshiping uh, you know, the Holy Spirit just fell on me. And I just knew uh, that, that God had something for me that morning. And I just leaned into it. And, you know, I, at, at the time, I wasn't sure what God was wanting from me. 
but that's what came up is like, Lord, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this next season of my life. And as soon as I offered that up to him, it was almost as if, oh, okay, you're ready to ask me now. <laughs> and it was, it was like a blinding flash of the obvious. And he said two very specific things to me. He, he said to me very clearly, stop believing that somehow you've earned the right to relax. He says, it's not time for you to relax. And then the second thing was he asked me what I was chasing for. What was it that I was actually looking for that I didn't already have? And when I thought about those two things, I didn't need to go anywhere. I knew that I was right where I was supposed to be. And it was just this, this, this huge weight was lifted. You know, what reinvigorated me was knowing, one, I am exactly where God wants me to be. It's where he's prepared me to be. And the impact that I'm having on the young men and women there at the Citadel is huge. And I wouldn't want to give that up. And so now I go in there with this renewed enthusiasm, this renewed excitement that I do have a pretty cool job and I do make a difference. And I am helping young men and women, you know, start their careers off on the right foot. Um, so now I'm, I'm re-energized. And as I look back on it, I realize, well, of course, I'm right where God put me. I'm in the job that he gave me, that he prepared me for, and I'm looking for something else. And uh, so it was just one of those blinding flashes of the obvious that he's been with me and he was gonna allow me to struggle through it and work my own way through it. Um, but as soon as I turned to him, he was right there. He didn't take offense to the fact that I was trying to do it on my own. And I was, I was being stubborn and I was um, probably thinking, hey, I, I can handle this. This, you know, this is, this is all on me. I don't need God's help, but he's, he's always faithful. He's always good. And, you know, I think he, he does it in a way that is, you know, what you would expect from a father a way that is encouraging rather than something where you feel beat down. And uh, I think I, I very easily could have felt scolded, you know, over the fact that, you know, oh, you're finally coming to me for the answer about time. No, that, that wasn't his reply at all. His reply to me was, you're right where I want you to be. And, and that was, again, it was just very uh, reassuring and confirming for me. And uh, yeah, that's my God. So give these guys a hand if you would. This is Keith Brace, Chad Walker, and Lisa Hudson. And I've asked them to come up here just to talk around this whole idea of transit, uh, transitions and to personally kind of share with you their testimony. And so, Keith, obviously, we just watched your video, and I, and I can't help but think that whole idea that the enemy's always working, and he tries to bring you that counterfeit. He tries to just sort of ease you just ever so slightly out of what God was having for you. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, as I watched that video, and I, God's timing is perfect, right? So guess what I was doing yesterday? Yesterday, I spent the whole day on the Citadel campus with little over 400 freshman cadets, and we were teaching them and training them about transitioning. <laughs> no kidding. And we're helping them prepare for their transition that they've got coming up, where they're going from a full year where they've been followers. Uh, they've been taking orders and being told exactly what to do and when to do it and how to do it. 
And now, in a short amount of time, we're going to make them leaders. So they're about to transition from being followers to having an opportunity to lead. And that can be a scary proposal. So we want to come alongside of them and help them through that, give them the tools that they need to be successful in that. Uh, so it's just a neat opportunity. And, you know, had I followed that, that other path, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to spend the day and to impact those young men and women for that transition that they've got coming up. And Eddie, you know, it reminded me so much of the transition that brought me here to Cathedral. Uh, many of you know I was in the military. Well, we, in 2000, we transitioned from being overseas in Germany back stateside. And as God would have it, uh, he brought us here to Charleston and he brought us here to Cathedral. And not only were, was I personally in a transition uh, with my career, but I was in a transition with my relationship with God. I was saved, but I was a baby Christian. And I was starved. I was hungry for more. And he put us here at Cathedral, and I had the likes of a Pastor Mike and an Eddie Tilly and a Chris Stefanoff that were able to come alongside of me at a time when I needed them, you know. And uh, when I think about that experience and that transition, it impacted the rest of my life. The last 22 years have been a blessing for me because of the transition and the guidance and the leadership and the teaching that I had here at Cathedral. And we had to go away for another seven years as the military does often. We got moved around quite a bit. And there was a seven year gap where we weren't here in Charleston and weren't here at Cathedral. But I'll tell you, Cathedral came with us everywhere we went because of what was put inside of us. Um, so every transition that I can look back on over the last 22 years has just been very seamless, very smooth, as if God had laid out the path in front of us because he had, because I stopped looking to myself for the answers, and I started looking to him for the answers, and uh, it's just been a great experience for me ever since. So Keith, I mean, you're a couple of decades into this just like myself. We'll say a couple. Might actually be a little bit more than that. <laughs> But do you ever hit that place where, oh, I've been doing this for so long, I got it now. Transition comes up like, oh, I know exactly what to do and how. Yeah, I mean, I think you just watched it right there on that <laughs> video screen. Um, you know, we all get to that point. And I've talked to a number of people that, you know, we're, we're all either in a transition or we've got one coming up. Uh, so we all experience this. And, you know, a lot of times we get just so into that routine of life where you know we're just taking one day after another, we're taking one step at a time, and we just feel like we're on the wrong path until at some point um, you realize, wait a second, let me think about this. And uh, so that's where I had gotten. And you know, as soon as you realize you're there, then, then just turn the other way. <laughs> you know, listen, have your ears open, and, and hear that prompting, and, and believe it, trust it. How many of you are glad Keith trusts that prompting? So, Chad, for you, you're, you're a little bit younger in this whole journey and probably about, um, well, about six years ago, you and I had a conversation at a Waffle House and just, you know, had a neat little conversation. You were somewhere and kind of sharing where you were at and, and we just had a neat little conversation. But about four years ago, about two years after that conversation, things started happening and you had a huge transition moment. Yeah, there, uh, 
we did. It was, it was about six years ago. There, we had been coming to church here for a while, and I heard you speak one day, and after that, I told Joy, I said, I need to talk to that guy. I need to talk to him. And uh, we did. You met me up, and, and uh, um, well, to fast forward a little bit, you know, a couple years did go by, and life uh, um, changed drastically. You know, many of you know I, I suffered from addiction. Um, you know, that's a big part of my story. And I got to a point where uh, my relationship with my wife was suffering. I wasn't the father that I needed to be to my children. Um, I was present, but wasn't present. Wasn't there, a part of their life. And uh, uh, one day I had called uh, Joy up on the phone and said, uh, we, we need to have a talk. And she came home, we had that talk, and it ended with me having to leave the house. We decided we were going to separate. That was the beginning of the transition. I can see it so clearly now, you know, as I went blank and had no thoughts. But in that transition, there's, you're going to go one way or the other, you know. And through that week, many things happened. You know, it's uh, many really good things happened. But on Sunday, I was sitting three rows back. It was Easter Sunday, and I was by myself, and Megan was uh, preaching that day. And... She looked right through me, and as you said, I knew the Holy Spirit was just psh, shot right through my heart, and I just broke. And for the first time, I understood that it was me and that I was lost. I understood here what I had known here for a very long time. And uh, at that point, my heart just opened up, and, you know, I got involved with, with the church and... Uh, you know, I heard uh, Pastor Micra, senior pastor, talking about these transitions and how important they are, you know, and he made a comment. He said that you don't get to retire, you know, whenever you get a little bit older from ministry. You actually have to take the hands of those that are younger than you and show them the way, pass it on. And uh, I got involved with a couple of small groups, a couple of people who took my hand and uh, got me into the Word of God uh, so that it could start building me up inside. Um, they started showing me what they did. I uh, joined the uh, uh, guest service team, which is just a, an awesome ministry, you know, and, and uh, uh, I learned a lot, you know, through the whole process of, you know, grow track and being here at church, you know, the gifts that, that I had could be utilized and where they could be utilized best. So um, now all things have been made new. You know, it was about 40 days, actually, kind of neat. It was 40 days, actually, before my wife and I were sitting down having a conversation, and she said, I think it's time for you to come home. Something happened. Mm. Something happened. Mm. You know, so she knew before I did that there was a change. So you're sitting in here. You guys have been coming to church as a family, but you're about to lose your wife, mm -hmm. and you're about to lose your children yep. in terms of everybody being together and staying together. And yet you could say to somebody who's in here, because there's probably at least one, if not more people in that same boat right now, you can confidently say to them that, man, God can turn it around just like that. Yeah, absolutely. God said to me during that seven-day period, he said that I took all the bad. All the good may be gone, but I took all the bad, Chad. And the interesting thing looking at it now was that I had to build a relationship with God. My wife had her own relationship with God, and we are one, but we have to have that relationship with God first before he can put us together and we become what he put us together in the beginning to become, 
you know, which was the mother and the father for the two beautiful children, Christian and Madison. And uh, um, if you are, uh, if it's stirring inside of you today that maybe this is that day, you've been thinking about this addiction, you've been thinking about maybe, maybe it's something that you want to change, I encourage you to reach out and ask the question. Just have the conversation. The Spirit of God, God wants the healing. The healing's already happened. It was just about me actually accepting it, having the conversation, and being willing to do some things a little bit differently. Well, I'm glad he did. So, Lisa, you're the baby in the crew. Yep. And this is my sister-in-law, by the way. And a funny story about that is anytime somebody meets her that knows my wife, but they do not know her, when she's talking and speaking to them, they're thinking, man, I know you look just like this girl. I know Susan Tilly. You look just like her. You sound just like her. I don't see that at all. Not at all. I don't, yeah, I don't see the similarities, but people, are, so I'm going to trust that they're right. But you're kind of new to this whole process, and, and you and your family um, just came back here within the year or so, and you just decided to come and dive in with both feet. And what has that been like for you? So it's been a fun journey, actually. <laughs> um, so my husband and I, Don, um, we started kind of seeing a transition in our life back in 2019. So, um, Pre-COVID, um, we felt the Lord telling us that we needed to move to sell our house. And we'd been in that house for 20 years. It was not something that I really wanted to do, nor he. Um, but we felt we needed to be faithful, obedient, what God was asking us to do. So we did. We put the house up for sale, started building another one. Right in the middle, COVID happened. So then we're like, okay. Lord, do you really not want us to do this? You know, should we con continue moving forward? And we did. So all that's going well. Now the Lord is saying, hey, I need for you and Don and your family to move to Cathedral. So that was, you know, like Don, I mean, like Eddie said, we had been coming. We had visited, you know, a few times over the last 20-something years. But um, anyway, we just felt led to be in this church and to join it. So the best way for us, once we decided um, to come and visit, we heard about Growth Track. So I wanted just to share kind of my experience. We went through the four weeks. That was great. And then I felt led to be a table leader. So I'm currently a table leader in training. Um, my first um, step one class, it's really packed. There's a lot of people. I really was thinking maybe there'd be, you know, just a few people, but the room was packed. We all kind of sat at a table. And I will tell y'all, the Lord orchestrates these tables. So, you know, I did not know a soul at any table, and Eddie will tell you I don't meet a stranger. So, obviously, the first thing I start doing is talking to the lady sitting next to me. Um, craziest thing she has basically one of my prior careers we're kind of really talking about that then I realized she has a teenager kind of going through the same struggles my teenager is going through so that immediate connection the lady across from me starts telling her story and she's married couple young children um, diagnosed with cancer um, so unbeknownst to her the table leader sitting right next to me is going through that exact same journey. So, you know, what I just, I sat there in amazement watching how the Lord just worked every table. And we had 18 people in that class that day, and we had five salvations. Now, that is just unbelievable. Yeah. 
So I have feel like we are, we are being blessed as leaders um, just for being in that room each week. So I just want to encourage anyone, if you're, if you're new or if you've been here a while and you just want to get plugged in, because Don and I really, when we started here, we came from a church where we were very active members. And so we just really wanted to jump in with both feet. And that was a really great starting point. So we have just loved it and are glad to be here. Well, we're glad you're here. <laughs> Give these guys a big hand. Thank you guys so much. So when, when we as, as a church are encouraging you to go to Growth Track, and I know you hear us say that and get involved, it really isn't about any of the tasks that have to be done. It really isn't about any of the information that you're going to hear. The reason we, we push it so hard is because we want you to get in close proximity to somebody like a Keith Brace. We want you to, to hear the stories of somebody who's been doing this for 20 or 30 years and, and still has struggles at times, but understands the faithfulness of God and how He works and how He moves. We want you in that relationship. We want you to, to get in a ministry and, and get around somebody like a Chad Walker who has gone through God putting his marriage back together, freeing him of addiction, because in that, now you can find hope. We want that connection to happen. We want it to happen with people like Lisa. We want you in there with other people just like her who are brand new, who are overcoming that fear maybe of, of stepping in and taking that huge step to get involved. And it is a big step. It really is. You know, God is such a gentleman, and He never, he never pushes us, and He never yells at us. He never hollers at us. When he speaks to us, the Bible describes his voice this way. It says he speaks in a still, small voice. And so part of this process of, of allowing God to renew your mind, of, of getting in his word enough to understand how he created you and how he made you and that he has a design and a purpose for your life, that you're not a mistake, that you're not an accident, that, that it's not random that you're here, that he designed you and created you to be born when you were be born to be in this moment right now. For such a time as this, this is when you're supposed to be here. This is where you're supposed to be. And he does have a plan for you. And he just needs you to say yes. Most, the most crucial and important story to all of Cathedral and why this is a part of our DNA, why we understand so strongly how important it is that you hear the voice of God. If there's not one thing I've learned from Pastor Mike, the biggest thing I've learned from him is, is don't make any decision fast. Slow down. Let God speak to you always, always, always be open to, maybe you think you're going in the right direction, but always be open to the voice of God. And here's why that's so important. Pastor Mike and Miss Dean living up in the Hemingway area, and Pastor Mike is, is doing counseling, which he loves. That's his background. That's his degree. And he's got this counseling practice, and he's loving it. Miss Dean is doing her interior decorating stuff that she's just absolutely gifted to do. And they're just a young couple working hard and saving their money. And they finally save up enough money to buy this beautiful lot on the Black River. And on that lot, they begin building their house, their dream house, the house that they've always wanted. They've lived in different places, lots of fixer-uppers, fixing the places up, not having hardly anything, and now they've worked hard, and man, they are about to see that dream come to fruition. 
And right as that house is in the final stages of construction, days of move-in date, they get a phone call from some friends here in Charleston. And the young man on this side says to Pastor Mike, Mike, have you ever thought starting a church in Charleston? And he said that back out loud. He said, start a church in Charleston. And Dean would tell you, she's in the background going, uh -uh, mm, no, 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 no. That was her initial reaction. But as they both thought about it and prayed about it, they knew. They knew that was God. And Dean shares a story of going in that house, tears in her eyes. I mean, she was just heartbroken because this is our first home that we built. And again, in that still small voice, the Lord spoke to her and said, Dean, tears aren't for things. They're for people. And it just solidified it in her. Just always have to listen to that still small voice. Because who could have imagined that, that, that simple course correction? There was nothing wrong with, with obviously nothing wrong with going after your, your goals and your dreams. There was nothing wrong with that. There's nothing evil in that place, in that house. It's just that God had this other plan. And in that plan is my story, my family. My family is not what it is today if not for them listening to the voice of God. Many of you, your family is not, and we're all intertwined and woven together. My story with Keith's and Chad's and Lisa's, we're all woven together beautifully in a way that only the Spirit of God can do. And the church, that is the church. And it goes so far above anything that we could ever ask or imagine. It's so much more fulfilling than anything that this world has to offer you. But yes, it can be scary. It absolutely can be scary. I'm going to ask you right now if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes because there may be somebody in this room and, and when Chad made that comment he made, he said, you know, you may be in here right now and you're, you're feeling it. You're feeling God knocking on the door of your heart. You're aware that you need Him, that you can't beat this addiction, that you can't fix your marriage, that you can't become the father or the spouse that you want to be. You realize it. You see it. And again, I just want to take you back to the beginning of the service when we talked about how until you take that step, until you say yes to Jesus and ask Him to come into your life, you're just handicapped. And you're never going to be able to do enough and you're never going to be able to put those things back together. But God promises that He can and that He will. So if you're in here and you feel like the Lord is just knocking on the door of your heart, if you feel like you need to take that step and ask Christ to come into your life, in just a moment I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and, and after a few moments of, of seeing how many people raise their hands, we're all going to pray a prayer out loud so that you don't feel singled out, you don't feel isolated or embarrassed. But when we all pray that prayer in the whole room, it's going to be a prayer really for you. And according to God's Word, when we pray that prayer, the Spirit of God Himself is going to come into your life and your life will never, ever be the same. So if you're in this room right now and you need to take that step, you need for Christ to come into your life. I'm just going to ask you just to slip your hand up and just let me see your hand and acknowledge that. Thank you. Thank you all the way back there in the back, up in the balcony. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. 
anybody else. Just say, today is the day. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Today is the day. You know, sometimes you feel that tugging and, and sometimes it honestly feels like there's something holding your hand down. And, and there is. There, there's a force set against you that does not want you to take that step because it's a step that changes the rest of your life. And so if anybody didn't raise your hand but you wanted to, I'm just going to count to three. And if you didn't raise your hand the first time, when I get to three, you just raise that hand up. One, two, three. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you back here in the back. Wonderful. Let's all repeat this prayer together. For those of you that raised your hand, this is your prayer. Father God, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's your son. And that he died for me. But you raised him to life. And he's alive now. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give those guys a big hand? So glad you guys took that step. And, and you know, Sean, speaking of scary steps, man, you know, sometimes this whole idea of transitioning and leveling up and God calling you up to something higher, we're about to do something for everybody here that's a result of that very kind of transition that happened. Tell us about it. That's right. So we uh, have been working on songwriting as a church for a little while now. And we went on a retreat about a year ago. It's been that long. Transitions sometimes take a little while. <laughs> And myself, Jamie Swift, uh, Chris Profader, and Christine Monahan put this song together, an original. So we're about, about to sing a song that you guys wrote. That's correct, yep. That just amazes me that we get, yeah. And the song literally is about like stepping up. So describe stepping out. So it's based off a story in the Bible where all the disciples are on a boat and the waves are just going crazy, the wind's up, and, and Jesus comes walking on the water. And up until this point, Peter had seen Jesus do some crazy stuff. But this is interesting because when he sees Jesus, he actually initiates. He asks Jesus, say, ask me, ask me to come out. And Jesus does, and he does it, and he walks on the water. And so I feel like that was, as a group, our heart is... You know, we've seen God do some incredible things in this church, but I want more. I want deeper. So God asked me to step out. That's where this comes from. So this is something that's, that's available. We've got it out. They're going to be able to get it. Yes, any, pretty much any music streaming or uh, downloading website source you can access. It's on it. So let me just tell you what's about to happen because you're not ready for it. <laughs> what's about to happen is you're about to experience the best part of this entire weekend. Because there's just something on this song. There's something about this song about stepping out. And what I see when I look at this stage and all these guys that are involved in this process is they're all just doing the best that they can to trust God and to follow God. And I can't imagine anything scarier than God saying, hey, I need you to write a song. And they did. But what's about to happen is the Holy Spirit's about to take you on a journey. And these guys are going to be singing it. But I'm telling you, God's going to speak to your heart every single one of you in here. He has a new place for you. You're in a transition. He's calling you up 
to leave those things of old and to step into something new. And I just pray for you that as they minister to you through this song, that the Lord Jesus Christ himself speaks directly to your heart. And not only that, but that you feel and you hear the heart of God as well. Sean? Bye. 
Woo! Jamie, Chris, oh my goodness. Golly, what do you do after something like that? How about just repeat this after me? Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I'm, stepping out. I'm stepping out. You light the way, and I'm going to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you guys. Give them another big hand, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.